You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello. Alexa, I love you. Oh, she's being weird. <laughs> she's ignoring me you now. You are a long way away <laughs> from it. It doesn't matter. She's, she's in a mood. <laughs> she's just ignoring me, and I know that's what it is because she's a real person in there. Or maybe True. not. <laughs> so before the after the show discussion for this week would be that we've been playing around with and or teasing our new Alexa. Uh, she's not an Alexa. What's it called? Echo. Echo. But she's Alexa. She's a real live person in there. I'm pretty sure. Amazon Echo is what it's called. Correct. It's really fun, though. I have to admit. I didn't think it would be, but. Yeah, um, Amazon had some kind of price mistake, so I jumped in on it and got it cheap. And so. as you said, it's like living in the future. But it no, it's is. like living in the future from when we were kids, because we could never imagine that we'd be able to do that, which is awesome. The thing that blew my mind about um, Echo, Amazon Echo mostly, was I hooked the uh, living room lamp up to a Wi-Fi yeah. adapter. And now I can say to the Alexa, turn the light on, and the light comes on or goes off. And that's just like living in the future, because you sat on the couch and... The light can go on and off without you even it moving. It is cool, I must admit. So, yeah, that is cool. So, uh, what is this uh, show, uh, if you ask, dear listener? <clears throat> it is um, the weekend of Saturday, September the 9th. This is After the Show. We are a podcast. We review movies this week. And talk about stuff that may, you may not even care anything about. Correct. On uh, episode 496, we are talking about the movie The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser. No, we are not. <laughs> no. I mean, we can but, we yeah. could. We, we probably will reference that one somewhere. But no, we're talking about the new movie, 2017's The Mummy, starring Mr. Thomas Cruise. This is a uh, 2017 movie. It releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, the 12th. You can pick it up. It's rated PG-13 from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of the movie The Mummy. Hmm, short synopsis. Um, it's about, uh, hmm, the mummy. The evil comes back in the shape of a mummy. What's a mummy? <laughs> it's not a daddy. <laughs> is that an Alexa joke? No. I don't know how to describe this one. It is that. It's like good versus evil, and evil is coming to the universal universe to wreak havoc. It's literally the mummy story again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the mummy. If you've ever seen the tomb, and there's a chick in there. Well, this one's a chick, a woman. Yeah. And she's a mummy, and she's got evil intentions, and some dopey guy has to come along and try to stop her. Yeah. It's pretty basic, isn't it? <laughs> like, like you know, it is big thinking or anything. So, um, starting off with the mummy. Um, this is the first in Universal's new take on them classic monster movies. I mean, yes, they've done them throughout the time, but they're going to make a big Marvel Universe-style thing, starting with The Mummy. And um, The Mummy, uh, first off, let's say, were you a fan of 19... I think it was 1999, The Mummy. Did you like that one with Brendan Fraser? I did Frazier? enjoy the one with Brendan Fraser, like the first maybe two times that I watched it. Yeah, did you like... I, I actually liked the first Mummy with Brendan Fraser and the second one. I thought the third one was terrible because they kind of wrung it all out by then. There was wasn't much left. Yeah. And those Scorpion King movies that were the spin-offs, I didn't even watch them. I don't remember watching them. Right. So I thought it they were good. The first two were kind of good. I mean, they were silly. They had that old they kind of incorporated that old Abbott and Costello vibe to yeah. them. Um they made them really goofy. Now, this version of the Mummy, what we're about to talk about today, the 2017 version, it does have a little bit of goof in it, but not quite as much. I mean, they tried to make it a bit goofy towards the beginning, I thought, but then the tone is kind of all over the place on this movie. Sometimes it's goofy, sometimes it's serious. I agree completely. Sometimes it's really hor horrifying, sometimes it's kind of comical. I agree, and that's my only flaw in the movie if we're moving on to the movie. Yeah, yeah we are. I, and my... I enjoy the Universal Monsters movies, and uh, The Mummy, I think, is a really intriguing one of them. Um, I do like this new mummy, which is a female mummy, which we haven't had before, I'm, I'm saying. 
Is that right? As far as I know. Um, I, th- I like that. I liked at the beginning of the movie, it shows you very briefly the origin story of this mummy. And it's really kind of horrific what she does. And uh, I was kind of, like, I was like, wow, kind of. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, spoilers. She actually kills a baby. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's a big quick spoiler there. So I guess this from- sets up the um, tone of this movie. It's pretty dark and very grim. And then Tom Cruise enters the scene. I, I think that's not accurate because the movie does not have a grim tone at all. No, that opening scene does. Yeah, definitely. but the movie does. No, I'm saying that opening. No, I'm not finished. That opening scene sets up this dark, grim tone for this movie. And then Tom Cruise enters the scene and he is almost Brendan Fraser goofy at the beginning. Like when he's sat on that horse and his and his comedy sidekick is talking to him. Yep. And he's kind of it just seems goofy like and Absolutely. I was I was like, "Oh, I really like that beginning part. Why are we going goofy?" And then like a few minutes later, it's not goofy anymore. Like Tom Cruise has stopped being goofy. And now it's an action movie rather than a horror movie. So when I say the tone is all over the place, it literally is. It's sometimes it's trying to be funny, sometimes it's trying to be horrific, sometimes it's just Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's just Tom Cruise um, running or fighting, you know, like action hero type. Um, it has some cool scenes. I've got to give it that. Um, the scene I'm in the mixed woods. messages here. What's your overall like it or not like it? Um, well, I'm broadly, I think it's middle of the road, mm. but um, I do think it's got some cool sequences. The plane sequence is really amazing. I thought I really liked it. They're in a plane, uh, as in a lot of Tom Cruise movies. The plane um, is going to crash, <laughs> and it's in peril. And there's a cool action sequence that ensues through that. Uh, the other sequence I really liked was when they were in the woods in that van being chased and the the zombie mummies, I will call them, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. coming through the windscreen and stuff. I oh, thought I that thought was, that was really crappy. I liked that part. I thought it was dark and kind of... I think it didn't look very good, so that was my problem with it. There's also a scene towards the end of the movie where she does the... It's kind of an homage to the Brendan Fraser mummy with the face in the sand coming yep. coming at them. I kind of like that too. Actually, because Tom Cruise was running towards the camera and there was sand chasing him, it reminded me of that Mission Impossible movie where exactly the same thing happens. Do you remember? Yep. Where he's running from the dust storm. It just seemed like the same thing. Um, but as far as a mummy movie goes, it's re- the problem with it if I, and I do have kind of a problem with it, is it's really by the numbers. There's no surprises, really. It's the mummy story that you've seen more than once. The only twist is that it's a female mummy, I think. They throw in, you know, some other universal characters or character in the middle to build this universe out. And, uh, Aside from that, it's very by the numbers. And you know when the um, final battle is occurring, doesn't it feel like a hundred other movies that you've seen? Oh, yeah. Just a, It's just basically a fight. Yep, yep. And then, you know, you defeat the baddie, which isn't really a spoiler because you'd see it coming a mile off. And uh, then you set it up for another movie. I mean, it just felt like a lot of other movies towards the end. I thought it fizzled out almost. Like it lost its... You know, interesting visuals. Yeah. The best visuals uh, are um, Sophia Boutella, like, as the mummy. Her makeup and her costume and everything is just really awesome looking. Yeah, it was good. When she's chained up and she's got her hands behind her back, that whole, the whole set and how that looks is kind of, that's terrifying kind of image. And that was, there wasn't enough of that considering, I mean, it is the mummy. It's not a really super dark horror film because it's only a PG-13, but it didn't have enough horrific stuff for me. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't feel like it. I did enjoy it. I had a good time. But this, if this is the tone where you can, where I have had in the past mentioned my thing about movies need to commit, a storyteller needs to commit. Are you going to be gory? 
horror? Are you going to be horror, horror? Are you going to be scary? Are you going to be old-fashioned? Are you going to be comedy? Whatever it is. And if you're going to try to balance two very strong genres, like comedy and, let's say, classic horror, because that's more what they are instead of, like, gore horror, then they both need to be really well done. So that you come out the end of it with this, like, oh, jeez. Like, you're overwhelmed by the action and the tension and the maybe a little bit of, like, not you know, not sure what's going to happen, balanced with just the right amount of, like, oh, 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 that was good to relax for a second. You know what I mean? Like, or pointing out the comedy of the situation. This one, I would rather have seen it gone just, it's called the Dark Universe. That's what they're calling this series or this franchise. Well, it's not really a franchise, but, you know. It's not that dark. I mean, it's inspired by dark things. You know, we're talking about good versus evil. Like the evil that lurks beyond. That's kind of what Russell Crowe's character says. It's always trying to get in. It's always trying to defeat humanity, right? And that's a pretty dark idea. I would like to just go with that. Like, make it as dark as you can. Make it, you know, heavy. Not like... Do you think a guy who screws the chick and then she jokes about it took him 15 seconds and then later he's real concerned about that. I mean, that's not, it's not the kind of funny, first of all, that I think is funny. But if it's done the right way, <laughs> then I can get it. But that, it would just like it's over here, we have this movie and we wanted to plug in a few, like, like, I don't know, or un, I don't know, unplug the humor, basically, you can and just actually, left, left behind a few lines that were supposed to be funny. You can actually feel that as you're watching it, that they, you, that's why it feels disjointed, I think, because like you can feel like, we need an action scene to open, then a little bit of lighthearted to calm people down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they have a board where they have like, we yeah. need seven minutes of this, and two minutes of that, and seven minutes that's of this. That's how it feels. And they're different, the difference is, their standard of what's funny, like yucking it up, and what they see as levity is different from mine and possibly yours. Well, yeah, I mean, even the, the jokey parts of this, like from his comedy sidekick, as I call him, and from his interaction with the uh, heroine, female um, hero, is almost Abbott and Costello-style jokes. Absolutely. I mean, it, they're just the most rudimentary, oh, oh, isn't it funny they're making a joke about sex? Or, yep. oh... They're, they're, you know, that him and the comedy psychic are just jibing off each other like, uh, like teenage boys would bicker at each other. Um, it's not particularly funny. Um, and it makes the movie feel weird. <laughs> like, like I can never take it. I can't really take the horror bit seriously when they try and throw some comedy. Exactly. I want to be able to be horrified by the horror or the, the concept of, this evil or the idea of death being brought into a person and then somehow, which isn't explained and it isn't really, you know, I don't quite get the the plan of the bad guy or the bad mummy lady. I don't quite understand the thing. It's like you're going to come to life and they'll all kneel at your whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know the full plan. So Seemed like she just I'm not that the whole scared. World. To uh, bow to her, and she take, she's... Well, to him, because she's saying, I'll be your queen. Right. To whoever, whatever this death evil thing is. But I can't feel very menaced. I haven't felt any effects. I haven't felt any... I haven't seen any, like, big giant... Like, as this evil thing is coming to life, right? If you want to make it dark, then you would be like, there have to be weird things happening on the earth when this massive, uncontrollable chaos of the universe is all being funneled through one guy, right? There's going to be a lot of energy. See, I'm overthinking it because I take time to overthink it when I'm watching the movie and it's not filling in the gaps for me. But all of that, all of that, like, complaining part, I can set aside and say that there are times when I was completely engrossed. Yeah. Like, the opening part, I was like, you know, with the music and the tone of it, and it, it was really, it was straight up darkness in the beginning, you know? She... She wants to be queen, the ruler of all of everything. Her father then has a son, as more spoilers. So, of course, as in ancient Egypt, or ancient most things, even modern day almost, or probably, when there's a son, it doesn't matter how many daughters there are, that son will inherit the whole thing. 
So then she's just a brat. She's not sympathetic. She's not someone that I empathize with or sympathize with. She's just being a brat and decides I can't, I can't bring myself to like kill them all so that I can rule, but I've got a little trick up my sleeve and she has this thing where she can call death into her world, you know, whatever. And she cops out basically and lets it do the job for her, turning her into this creature. And then of course she gets punished right? By being buried forever and mummified before she's dead and all that. That's how she becomes the mummy. That all, I was like, ooh, ooh, you know, just the thought of it and like, think about that. She's wrapped up in the mummy thing and put down in this hole, just left there. And that's all pretty creepy and dark. And if, if evil could, you know, come to a thing inside of her, what would it be like? And then we get the two jokers on the horses and then joking about being in the middle of gunfire in Iraq. Yeah, exactly. As, insur- as actual soldiers, but he's stealing stuff, which I think is really tasteless to make him a soldier, um, like part of the military, but that he's this rogue guy who's out there. He's a, basically a tomb raider, like stealing shit. It's basically like uncharted, I said to you. I yeah, mean- but he's supposed to be a soldier. Like, I don't, I think it's disrespectful to make him like this joker, loser, thief guy, but somehow he's a member of the military. And he's supposed to be there, like, part of this terrible war. And yet we've got him yucking it up with this dickhead on a horse. And I just thought, ugh, okay, here we go. And that kind of unfortunately lowered the whole thing for me for most of the rest of the movie. But as, like, a Mission Impossible movie with a mummy in it, it's actually really good in that respect. As an action movie with action set pieces, it's good. But as a horror movie, I don't think it works. Yeah, it's set some good action, but a lot of it's really fuzzy and kind of dark. It's just a giant action movie though isn't it it's a tom cruise action movie but it doesn't look great all the time i didn't think i didn't have any problems with how it looked um i actually thought it looked quite good and the sets are actually really good um they are but then they make it super dark and put tons of filters on it and like cloud it all up so that you're not getting the grandiose lights and darks and the good contrast that he even i even thought of this and then they referred to it in the extras where they're talking about the old Classic Universal movies with the huge sets where, like, the stairway is, like, two stories high and 20 feet wide. And you get these enormous black and white shadows and lots of really darkness, but you can see everything clearly. And that was 1932, you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, all kind of muddied up and sort of, like... I didn't get that at all. Mm. Muddied up. Mm. Well, muddied up as in it's not clear. There's not a lot of good contrast going on. It's all kind of dark or it's all kind of one tone you don't until you have one flashlight pointing through which only lights up about you know a little tiny circle or makes a silhouette of a person which doesn't grant make the whole set look grand or anything it just sort of made it all feel a little claustrophobic i liked the uh sets i liked the um the bit with uh russell crowe in the middle like his area whatever it is his base (laughs) he said what was that Polari- Falarium? Polarium? It's going to say pomegranate, but that's not right. Something, yeah. Um, <laughs> it must be in a book or in a comic or something, because they talk about it like it's a thing in that universe. I think it's in the movie. Which movie? Jekyll and Hyde. But uh, it's not quite as grand no, as that. It's, it's not underneath actually, because they said, we wanted to take this place, and what better than to make the head of this place one of the monsters in the universe, meaning... Yeah, it's quite clear what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, make a universe of different movies and then have them all be like uh, the Avengers. But the bad Avengers, like you said, they're all bad guys. Yeah. But they're going to be bad guys with a good... Like our guy, the mummy guy, he is going... It's clear like he'll be... Spoilers. He'll have Mm -hmm. some powers... But he will be a good guy at heart. Like, and so will Dr. Jekyll. Cause Dr. Jekyll by design is both things. You know? Mm, so I think yeah. all the monsters, when they do team up together, eventually. I don't think Jekyll and Hyde is a good guy and a bad guy. He was like a mad scientist who wanted to. Right. But the way they've designed him in this movie, where he's like the Hulk, basically. There's this side that you can't control. Yeah. And there's this side that's very... It's exactly the Hulk, isn't he? I just thought about it. The Hulk is the Doctor guy. Well, it seems uncontrollable for him. Not even a matter of getting mad. It just... He's on a timer, kind of. Yeah, it starts timer. to well up in him. He has his 
shot that he gives himself to but stop this, it. But is this genius doctor, and then on the other side is the out-of-control monster. The, and so is the, the Hulk. It's like the universal Hulk. But um, I can see where they're going with it all. I just hope that all the movies don't have this same tone to them. Because it'd be a bit fatiguing, wouldn't you think? If it's all Tom Cruise action movie instead of... Like, if you approach Frankenstein, for instance, in this style, it's not going to be right, is it? Frankenstein doesn't need to be a giant action movie. Yeah, and I don't want it to be funny. No. I know that that's a thing. I'd like people... it to be sinister and horrific, to be honest. Yeah, like actually horrible. But it ain't going to be because these, this is a PG-13 you know, franchise. It's, they're never going R-rated with this. So it's always going to be a bit, you know, vanilla. Because you can't go too far, can you, with the PG-13. In fact, this movie doesn't even have any bad language, does it? Uh, I don't think so. Or, you know, yes, it has violence, but it's not like bloody violence. It's all fighting kind of undead. Even There's even a scene where this, the part that I like that said where they're in the woods and he's driving in the van and then he kills one of the zombie mummies and its hand comes off, kind of like old... It's kind of like old school, um, original Universal monster movies. It's yeah. just it's just a hand that's moving that he throws. There's no blood. There's no nothing like it. It's just a kind of disembodied hand. It's um, it's very uh, I don't know. It's weird. And then on top of all that, I actually enjoyed what I watched because it was like yep. a cool big that's spectacle. I enjoyed it so yeah. much, and yet I'm able to look at it and go, yeah, it's uh, it's got flaws. Yeah, but as as far as like this giant spectacle of special effects and cool sounds and you know. Tom Cruise running away from things, which I always like. Um, you get that, right? That's what this movie gives you. It's like I say, it's like a supernatural version of Mission Impossible because Tom Cruise is running away from stuff. He's shooting guns. He's jumping and climbing and, uh, having fights with bad guys. Just how it so happens that he has a fight with a mummy instead of just a henchman or whatever. But, um, what did you think of, uh, how they kind of spoilers. Russell Crowe is introduced in the middle of this movie, and I, I just... guessed who he was. Oh, did you? Oh, like one second before. A second they before, said... yeah. <laughs> when he said what he was, so I was like, oh yeah, he's probably Doctor Jackal because I was thinking of the universe. Do you say Jackal or Jekyll? Jekyll? It's actually an E. Yeah, yeah. It's just they... my pronunciation. Um, oh well, I mean, it doesn't sound Jekyll. Jekyll, yeah. So he is Doctor Jekyll. <laughs> and um, what did you think of the setup for that? Because he is going to get his own movie. I do like that a lot. Um, I am very torn on Russell Crowe because there are times when he does... He mumbles in his whatever his method is. And I find it kind of, And I can even tell they've looped him sometimes or whatever because it's just... And I don't feel like he's... I think they're having a good time together, Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. I feel like he's the guy giving us a bit of exposition. If you think about it, he's telling us, you know. He's even stuff. a voiceover at one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, pretty neutral. If we get a whole movie of him showing us a range of something, that's fine. But in this, he could have actually been anybody. Yeah, and I do feel like whatever the next, like, okay, so there is that. When the Russell Crowe movie comes out, I feel like Tom Cruise's character is going to pop up in all of these. Next, all of them. It feels like he is, right? It feels like they set Tom Cruise up to be part of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did like the Russell Crowe thing. I liked the room that he was in. I liked how they kind of... I thought, what I thought to myself, oh, well, he's said who he is. So we're, they're going to leave that for another movie. I, I doubt we will see anything of, of that. It's just, oh, it's a cool thing that he's that. But you actually get to see him semi-transform, right, into Hyde. Um, yeah, just enough. Just enough. to Just enough so they save the best for his real movie, I guess. But you do get to see a bit. And I was surprised because I was like, no, they're just going to kind of wink, wink, look who this is, and then wait for his movie to see what's going on. But no, you do get some of him. So I did like that. But I think um, the whole, I think, the best thing about the movie is 
the Tom Cruise action parts, which is the plane, the part in the woods, and the running away from the sand. <laughs> yeah. Those parts are really exciting. The music, the sound, everything is exciting. It's You feel like you're watching a cool movie at that point. But like I say, as it goes towards the end, and she is so cool as the the mummy, she's visually striking, and not like a, a mummy that you've seen before. She's a bit of a letdown when it turns into just like a fist fight with her, because that's really what the ending is, right? Exactly. It, I mean, it's not some supernatural, uh, there's some supernatural elements, but it literally turns into her having a fight with Tom Cruise, which... It's really like a letdown for me because I was like, she's so powerful. She just demonstrated outside. Yeah, that was my other confusion is the, what power does she, is she actually have here? Like, you know. Yeah. She can suck, like, well, to, (laughs) to get a power, she sucks life from other people. And they turn into her, her army. Like, they run around and that's what we see her do. And we also see her conjure up a massive sandstorm in the middle of London. That devastates a little, you know, it seems devastating. But then, then it, you see all that. And, and then, then, there's it, nothing. then it's a fist fight with <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise, which that's the part where I was like, this is just like any other movie now. Like, this is Mission Impossible. This is all Marvel movies at the end where they have to fight each other. It always turns into a fist fight. This is any, any action movie. It's Jason Bourne. It's whatever. You, you're just fighting a, a person. It's Kingsman, the end of Kingsman. She's actually in the end of Kingsman. (laughs) She has a fight, you know. And you've got this character who you've built up the entire movie, and she's awesome looking, and she's got powers. Why is she fighting? Why is she having a fist fight? You know? Why why doesn't she just blow sand out of her mouth and suffocate him? Or something, you know? She doesn't do anything. It's kind of bonkers. So, uh, yeah, that's how I stand. Very uneven. But a good time. Yeah, but really an empty kind of good time, like as in. By the time the next one comes, I think I'll be struggling to remember what happened in this one. Yeah. Even though not not a lot happens, because it is kind of... It's very basic. (laughs) In fact, just remind yourself when the next one comes along and you're thinking, what happened in The Mummy? Just think, well, what happened in The Mummy is exactly what happened in any Mummy movie. A mummy came, <laughs> yeah. the hero fought the mummy, the mummy perhaps died or didn't, probably be back, the end, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> and in this movie, the twist, uh, as you would say, is our hero, the dumb guy, kind of dumb, kind of <laughs> army guy, gets a power from this. I don't know if he's a dumb army guy. He's just, that's separate. That's... The only reason they use that was as a tool. How do we get him in the desert? Oh, let's do something topical and current where these landmarks are being torn down by asshole enemy guys in these, you know, third uh, Middle Eastern countries, which is a reality. So let's tap into that a little bit. So how do we get him there? Oh, is he the, is he just a thief who's somehow there? No, let's do this. You know, that's, that's the only time it's ever mentioned. So he's True. not even an army guy, really. He's in fact, just... there'll be times in the movie where you're like, what exactly is he? Is he an archaeologist? Is he an explorer? Is he... No, he's just a thief. He's That's like what I'm a... saying. You're just like... He's a tomb raider. There are times where he's doing things where you're like, okay, what what really is he? Like, and then in the middle of the movie, when he gets dragged into the... He's an opportunist, isn't he? Yeah. But like I say, um, were you rooting for him? Did you want him to win? No. Did you want? I mean, I didn't care. I was neutral. Did you want the mummy to win? I wasn't invested enough. Nope, I was not interested in her winning because she was a little snot bag, right. <laughs> a dusty snot bag. But um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's is it a good is it a good setup for a for a whole thing? Do you think? Do you think it's the the perfect opening? I don't to think this? it's perfect, but I think that it gives me a little bit of like, oh, now I want to see. First of all, what Tom Cruise's character is becoming. I'm interested yeah. in the, the Jekyll Hyde origin because we're now led to believe it's not because he was experimenting on himself, but the only way to save himself, he's been giving himself his own injections. Right. A hint of that. So they do have a bit, they do kind of tweak the original 
stories. Yeah. And there are questions at the end where you're like, okay, yeah, I would like to see the next movie because there are some questions to it. So moving on to the cast, Tom Cruise as Nick Morton. What do you think of Tom Cruise in this? He was all right, very neutral. So he's Tom Cruise, isn't he? <laughs> it's mean, really that's... hard to separate him from Tom Cruise, isn't it? It is. There's no... It's he's got in this movie. If you notice, if somebody does a compilation, like maybe on his trailers, of him looking befuddled, like going, <gasps> yeah, he hums it up a bit, right, and like shakes his head around, like what's going on, yeah. or stumbles on something. It's over and over and over. <laughs> like I really now in my mind, I'm I'm slicing them together. Like when he wakes up in the body bag, that that face that, that he pulls. Yes, yeah. and then even when he gets punched or someone grabs into his ribs, he does the same exact like. <laughs> now I'm not I'm not devaluing any quality he ever has done, or that the quality of him being a hundred percent committed to his action roles. That's I cannot you cannot deny that part. He is in it. He does every fight. He does every stunt. That part is cool. But this thing of the sort of pat, straight up, yeah, like kind of almost vaudevillian at times. Like oh, it's whoa. a bit like the old. The old monster movies, but he's not doing it for that reason because he does it all the time, right? More like Abbott and Costello. Yeah, it's the like, <laughs> huh, huh, like the stage acting when you've been hit kind of thing. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. It's kind of strange. Yeah, and he does do that a lot. And in this, he kind of does it kind of for comedy effect, I think, sometimes, whereas it isn't that funny, right? It's kind of like when Abbott and Costello slap each other and that was supposed to be funny. But for me, I'm like, why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I I like Tom Cruise. Um, he really does his thing, and Absolutely. this this is his thing. It's a big action movie. Um, he's not necessarily like a horror guy, even though he was in Interview with a Vampire, which is mm-hmm. horror. But um, he he basically brings big action movie with him wherever he goes, doesn't he? And this he's brought it to this, and it, he really does good stunts and. There is never a, a Tom Cruise friend, as we call them. Like, <laughs> no. So if you're looking for like a stuntman and like, oh, that doesn't even look like Tom Cruise, he's always doing It'll the stunts. It'll always be him, yep. Yeah, he'll do, the, he'll do the fights, he'll do the stunts. And, you know, I've got to give him that. And they are kind of exciting while you watch them, even though they are kind of the uh, fast food effect, where it's like really, really fun and tastes really good. And then I forgot it two minutes later, you know? <laughs> That's a very good analogy. Yeah, which is exactly what a fast food is like, right? How long do you think of that analogy? Uh, Sounds pretty good. That. Did you? Have you? Really? You eat like a... I don't, but you do eat a Big Mac. And it's really it's really delicious. And then maybe half an hour later, you're kind of hungry for something else. Like I agree. It's, it was just empty, kind of. And that's how Tom Cruise action things feel to me. Even though they're super fun while you're watching them. I think a couple of hours later, they're just a bit blurred and you muddled. Feel, you feel intellectually the need for something more substantial. Is yeah, that what and, you're saying? You know, Tom Cruise is also a good actor when he's not... I mean, he does action stuff really well, but he also has done some really good dramatic roles, remember? He just doesn't do them very much anymore, right? He tends not to stick to big action. Hmm? Not that I recall recently. I don't recall, like, since Magnolia... I don't recall like a dramatic role really. The, the, everything he's done since then has been big action movies, like huge action movies. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but this feels like it. No, I think it might be accurate because he's done like the Jack Reacher ones. He's done Mission Impossible ones. He did uh, obviously this, The Mummy. What else did he do? Um, uh, Li- Live Die Repeat, another big action movie. Yeah. Uh, he did like War of the Worlds. It wasn't lived, I repeat, though. <laughs> War of the Worlds with Steven Spielberg, big action movie. You know. Yeah. Movies where he runs away and jumps. Even and... in War of the Worlds, to be fair, there was more character stuff. There was action, but. Yeah. It still had a, a, a fair amount of him running away from stuff. and But there again, Spielberg always does a good story. So, yeah, there was a yeah. good story in there. But, um,. I'd like I like to see Tom Cruise doing dramatic stuff again. Uh, not always this kind of thing, because he is actually really good. You know, you've seen Jerry Maguire. I have seen Jerry Maguire, yes. He's very good in it, and it's a dramatic role, right? True. He was good in Far and Away. 
Yes. It was. I loved it, but I'm not. I'm not sure if he was really that good. Risky but- business. <laughs> it's not an action movie, but he was good in it, right? Um, I don't know. He was really young, so yeah. I don't know. Top how to Gun. That one. Oh, that is an action movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Russell Crowe is Doctor Henry Jekyll. What do you think? I discussed him already. Yeah, you did. I, I discussed him as I think he fits. You already discussed him, so I will say I think he really fits the character. For what they are going for, he's almost perfect for it. Um, so I would like, you know, I think he can, obviously Russell Crowe can carry a movie himself. So the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie, I think will be quite good with him in it. As long as they deviate slightly from this plan, I think they need to go a bit more dramatic and a bit less things are blowing up. Yeah. Because I don't think that character is about that. Annabelle Wallace as Jenny. What do you think? Um, I wasn't a big fan. I'll be honest. I thought she was kind of boring. Not kind of boring. Actually, very boring. Um, I think it's. I think she's literally a case of. We need a very pretty looking girl, and we cast one. Well, she's a grown woman. She's not woman. a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost feel you know like Michael Bay does that a lot. Like, she is very attractive. I'm not, but she's a good performer. It's just that in this, she's she really... They've kept her very constrained, and what she can do and can't do is very limited. It's really limited. It's, it's, yeah. it's like you looking glamorous and running with Tom Cruise. And, and doing that same look, lover. <gasps> yeah. And, and her hair's always perfect, and even when she's, like, rolling around on the floor and stuff. Or, or, True. E- or even dead. True. Her hair's pretty good. Look very perfect. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't. I wasn't into it that much either. I was trying to think who was the female version of her in the Brendan Fraser mummies, and I couldn't even think. I was like, oh, there was a woman. Yeah, you know who it was Constant Gardner. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. See, kind of forgetful though. Weiss. But this one's witch. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah, she's even. She's way more memorable than this lady. I'll have forgot this lady. But you forgot her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess it has not. been a long time. <laughs> uh, Sophia Patella plays the uh, mummy. Amanda. Amanel? Is Amanel? Or Aman. Amantu? Aman. Amanette. That's what it is. Amanette, yeah. Um, yeah, she's the best thing in the movie for me. She is. I like her. Yeah, she's the lady from Kingsman. She was the she played the lady with uh, no artificial legs. Yeah, um, action, and she was also in this the last Star Trek movie, Into Darkness. Um, and she's she was a dancer, and she was discovered, and then she, she now she's kind of an action. She's kind of like a Tom Cruise counterpart, <laughs> but, <laughs> but a female. Um, but she's really good. Like she she definitely has the right look for being the mummy. And I don't know what that means because you can she just put looks exotic that. like that guy. I mean, she just does like she's got very. I don't know what nationality she is. I have no idea. She has an exotic and whatever they did with the makeup and her eyes. They do these weird eyes in this movie where she's got two eyes or four eyes. No, right? double eyeballs. You're talking about I, uh, the all of it. Like iris that. of her eye is double. Yeah, and it not makes, two, not four eyes on her head. In, no. Inside of her eyes, there's two eyeballs. Two, two eyeballs in each eye socket. Not eyeballs, because the eyeball is the whole thing, but the iris and the pupil, there's double of those. And then she has these uh, runes kind of tattooed on her. Runes? And she, yeah, those are like the runes, the signs, you know, from the Book of the Dead. Hieroglyphics kind of thing? Yeah, they call them runes of, because he even said in the extras. Uh-huh. They're runes taken from the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead's the the book that features in the original mummy from back in the thirties. Runes like R U N S. R U N E S. I've never heard that. I didn't hear him. They're like runes, as in, I, I think runes is before hieroglyphics. Like, oh. the, so she's covered in that, and her outfit is awesome too. Like it's, you know. Um, a mummy could look cheesy, just a person wrapped in bandages. Yep. But hers is a suit crafted from bandages, and it makes her look superheroish, I think. And and it's just a cool visual, like. 
So I liked her the best of the whole thing. I think she was brilliant casting for the mummy. Um, you know, yeah, it could have been a dude as well, right? Well, they're trying to be modern. They are. Let's be honest. They're and not. Is <laughs> let's make role, more roles for women. Okay. Well, let's just replace all the men's stuff with women's. Stuff. Yeah, which is happening a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, Jake Johnson plays Chris, and Chris is like I say, is Ugh. the sidekick for boring for as Tom. hell. Oh now, my god! Now he does get interesting when he gets possessed at the beginning. Oh really? When he's in the plane and he's got one weird eye, it looks like a zombie. I like him in like that, that moment. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that was kind of that was almost a terrifying moment. I thought. I agree. I was like, Ooh, yeah, Shiza. But as far as when he is Nick, it is just boring. It's mm-hmm. it's it also occurs in Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, but he has like a weird British sidekick who's kind of a toffee nosed, like snivelling British dude. He <laughs> he's really annoying. This guy's not quite as annoying as that guy. Well, there's less of him. But it's still... He's still... I almost feel like he's designed to be annoying. But the writers think he's designed to be hilarious. Yeah, and it lowers the movie a lot. It does. I don't it's, know about the performer guy, because he's doing whatever they're telling him. But he seems fine. But the character right. lowers it all. Yeah. The, I think the actor seems fine. I just think the, the dialogue he delivers, which is just really lame jokes. And... Uh, there's no depth to him at all, right? He's just a sidekick. Correct. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not, you know not a fan. This is directed by Alex Kurtzman. You might have we might remember that name from. Uh, he's the right. Well, he's done a lot of movies, but he was involved in. He wrote Mission Impossible Three and worked with Tom Cruise on that. He did the. He wrote all the new Star Trek movies. These last three we've seen. He wrote one of the Transformers. I don't movies. know if that's a glaring review or not, though. He wrote The Amazing Spider-Man, um, directed. He did a, well, he didn't direct any of these. He's a writer, basically. Um, and he also is the writer of the new Star Trek show on TV, Star Trek Discovery, that comes out this month. So Alex Kurtzman, you know, he's been around big franchisee movies, so I can see why they would put somebody like this in charge of this. What did you think of him as a director? Um, I think it was pretty generic, to be honest. I, I think it could have filled that spot with anybody because it doesn't. There's nothing specific or interesting to me about it at all. It's just, it's very cookie cutter design and directing. And even at one point, Tom Cruise and the extras says something to him. And he goes, "Yeah, and I wasn't even there that day. I was off directing some second unit, something or other." And I'm thinking that explains a lot that you're not even in the, you know. You're off over there, which isn't unusual, but you would think when you have a, a key scene, I would think, with one of your stars, you would be there and you'd be directing it. And I feel like Tom Cruise might have been more of the director or the producer, executive producer, showrunner, push behind all of the movement of this movie. Yeah. You can in, actually tell. quote unquote collaboration with this guy when I, I feel like it was mostly a Tom Cruise effort. I feel like that about any Tom Cruise action movie. Even when he's working with J.J. Abrams on Mission Impossible and we see the extras, it always feels like Tom Cruise is in control of the thing. Yeah. Not because they trust him. Because they know he makes good movies yeah. and he understands everything. Um, so on this Blu ray, there are a bunch of extras. In fact, the front cover goes on to say there's over an hour of extras. And I tend to believe them. There's Cruz and Kurtzman, a conversation, which is actually quite good. Tom Cruise is... All... Present. Yeah, he's not actually being promotions, man. He's just talking. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, they have a laugh at some, one point, they crack each other up. It's just a, one of those where they both sat in a chair talking to each other about the thing. They explain a lot of stuff, though, what they want to do with the franchise of it, how the other movies will work, and how they wanted to set it all up. and So if you, it's a good conversation, actually. There's a life in zero-G creating the plane crash. When they did the plane crash in this movie, the plane starts to dive really quickly and zero-G occurs in the fuselage. They used some movie magic to do it, but they also filmed a lot of it in one of those real zero-G planes. Forty-odd times they dive the plane and Tom Cruise and the main... Oh, that was 63. Seems like a lot. Tom Cruise and the 
main actress, they filmed them actually in real zero G doing the mm-hmm. kind of action. So that sequence is the highlight of the movie to me in the action parts. You know the part in Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise is on the wing of the plane and you always remember it. <laughs> I'll always remember this plane crash in this movie because I think it was a particularly good plane crash. So you'll get to see how that's made. You'll meet Amanette. That's a sequence, that's a whole feature about her. There's a feature of called Cruise in Action, which is about crew, Tom Cruise, becoming Jekyll and Hyde, choreographed chaos. There's also um, a feature commentary with everybody but Tom Cruise, it seemed. <laughs> and uh, some deleted scenes. So yeah, it does have a decent amount of uh, extras and a commentary. So when they say over an hour of behind-the-scenes action, it's actually more than that because the commentary is two hours. So um, Decent in terms of extras. So conclusion, what do you reckon? Fully. I enjoyed it. It just didn't make me go, oh, this is going to be like so much fun dealing with all these new versions of our monster classics. No. It made me interested, but not like, yes, this is going to be great. Um, when we, I, did, I've never, I didn't even see the trailer for this one, so I didn't know 100% what to expect. Only thing I did know what to expect was, it says Tom Cruise the Mummy. So I was thinking... Okay, I get what Tom Cruise does, and it's the mummy. That is what you get. Exactly yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. What it says on the box is what you get. It's big Tom Cruise action movie, and there's a mummy. Whether that floats your vote or not, I don't know. But for me, it was really, really fun at the time. But like I say, you know when you watch like something like Iron Man, and they set up the next movie, and I'm always like, wow, I can't wait to see Iron Man 2. I want to know... With this, I'm kind of like, okay, if they don't make these other movies because this flops, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not like super like yeah, exactly. invested. Exactly. Which, which is, is sad. Yeah, it is. It's because like a, I, if, it, if they made him really cheeky and fun and kind of weird, that I would be behind. If they made him really... super horrific. Yeah, dark and like yeah. make, go the seven direction. That's always my kind of creepiest darkness over there. It's like go seven. <laughs> or go David Lynchy on me. Like, do something that's an extreme direction. Don't try to please everyone. That's what I get the feeling of. And well, so- yeah, what what they did is the mummy from the 1999 mummy, they looked at that and they said, well, that won't fly now. It's a bit out of date. So let's do that exactly the same again, but like modern everything. Okay, yeah. so the body's a woman. We'll get Tom Cruise as the as the action star. We won't be as hokey as that, even though they try they try a bit of hokey occasionally. It's everything like if there was a page and you wrote down the Mummy nineteen ninety nine all the bit all the stuff that happens, and then another column with this movie, you could see all the tick boxes. Well, we need a sandstorm. We need a mummy. Yeah. We need oh, we need a bit where we have to tie it to another movie that we're going to make. We need Tom Cruise. He has to jump and run. A plane crash would be nice. I kind of feel the check marks, like, and this contains all those things. It's just not overly, you know. Yeah. It's not. A, I agree. It's not a rounded product, let's say. <laughs> but on the on the flip side, you'll probably have fun watching it, and then you'll forget all about it. So uh, yeah, um, I would say that is. Well, that might sound negative, that last line I said. It's not fully negative. <laughs> it because, all sounds negative. Because it's a huge... It's a fun movie. I would say um, it's kind of an average movie. It's not bad and it's not good. It's right in the middle. So, uh, Which I think is what they're going for. <laughs> I almost do. Yeah. And I just look now at IMDb score. It's five, which is right in the middle. So I guess we're right. <laughs> well yeah, yeah so um thanks to universal for the blu-ray if you want to enter a contest you can win a copy of phantasm all five movies go to com and you can win next week's movie review will be wonder woman so we're gonna have a look at wonder woman next week that is the uh new wonder woman not the one with linda carter that is on every saturday night so um movie recommendations i am going with the mummy 
the original mummy, the one that you black and white mummy. I'll I'll recommend you the mummy from 1999 as well because it is fun that one, and it did have really cutting edge special effects at the time. Don't you think? It at was the one time, of those, yep, yep. It was one of those where you were like, wow, this is amazing at the time. It hasn't aged as well as you might think, but it's still worth a watch. It's kind of fun. And my last one is a Tom Cruise recommendation, and that would be Top Gun. Because whenever I think of Tom Cruise, I like to watch Top Gun. You know what I'm saying? I know. I wasn't a fan. It's so good. I know. And my recommendations? Yes. Is that what you want? Is that what you want to know? Mine, I was trying to think of heroes that don't feel like heroes. Kind of, not maybe not heroes, but, you know, villains mixed with someone you kind of sympathize with. And the first one that came to mind was one of your faves for this one particular guy, District 9. Shelto Copley. Shelto Copley. Because it is, it's just really good. It's got some horror. It's got lots of comedy, but the comedy in the right way. It's got like uncomfortableness and like, and this really strong gutsy emotion where you feel, oh man, like, and uh, it's just so sad. Social and commentary in that movie. Very too. big social commentary. And my other one is one of my favorite group hero movies, which everyone seems to forget about, is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I mean, come on. It's amazing. It's an amazing... over. If they redo that and bring that group of heroes or kind of compile other people that are... Was that even a thing? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Or did they make it up for Graphic that movie? novels. Okay. Then I say, somebody dig around in there and let's do them again. Go, like... No, don't redo that one, but add to it. Like, 20 years later, here's where we're at with our League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or whatever. Because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was uh, good. Uh, also, it has just been added to our Plex server, so... Nice! There it is. Um, games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing some Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which is the spin-off from Uncharted, starring Chloe and Nadine, the two... Um, well, Chloe's not been in Uncharted since Uncharted 3. And Nadine was the kind of the bad guy from Uncharted 4. And they team up to do a mission, which is what this new game is. And I'm, I'm close to the end now. And it is really, really good. I mean, Naughty Dog. <laughs> they are. What are you thinking? They are just amazing, really. I mean, the technology, like how good everything is, the, the voice acting, the uh, motion capture, the adventure itself is really cool. There's lots of puzzles and tomb raiding, you know, it's that kind of thing. It, I mean, Uncharted literally is Tomb Raider, just with a, a male hero, even though you play as Chloe in this one. But it's a cool adventure, there's some cool shooting segments, there's some cool running away, there's puzzles... It just looks incredible. Like, it's better graphics than most things that you'll see in video games. I mean, they are just top level. So I recommend it. Um, the other thing is, uh, last weekend, very sad, Twin Peaks uh, ended. <laughs> we watched the finale. It's a two-parter. Um, and how did you feel about the finale? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was very harrowed by it all. I'll be honest. It's one of those things that... Because it's so over there, it's it's committed to being not middle of anything. There is no middle. It is, you take middle of the road, mainstream, all those terms, and move it way over there on the scale, and then come all the way to the end, and then you take David Lynch mixed in with his romanticized ideals of his childhood and youth, mixed with what seems to be in his mind a bit of chaos and angst and weirdness and sexual confusion in as in the line between where sex and sexual tension fits in your real life. And then try to cram a story in there, <laughs> which is hard because, yeah, you know, and I love that. And the vibe of it, I'm just, every time we watch it, I'm in it. I'm like along for the ride. And now what are we doing? We're watching the original, we which started I do from not remember. So I'm loving it. I love yeah. it. I have to say about the uh, two-part season finale for Twin Peaks, no spoilers because you should go and watch it. But I felt like 
Episode 17 was like Mark Frost's finale. And episode 18 was where David Lynch took over and made his finale. Because it, if it ended at the end of episode 17, that would also be fine. But then episode 18 starts and it goes batshit mm-hmm, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Lynch style crazy. But also you get all the, in episode 17, you get tons of payoff. It's really exciting and it's like, oh wow, this is the shit I want to see. And then episode 18 takes it somewhere else. It really takes it somewhere else. I mean, yep. <laughs> so, but it's like, <gasps> so I really enjoyed oh. how that how that worked. It was uh, this two part finale was like super satisfying and then super confusing, and also like makes you think for the whole week like about it. I want to see people break it down. I want to. Oh, I don't care about any yeah. other people's opinions about it. I just enjoy it. I uh, I like following all the David Lynch um, Reddit and. Uh, it's just amazing what people come up with. I just, there's so many, you know, there's so many ways to take things in his things because he's into dreams and, you know, as we all know, dreams don't really make sense properly. I think I'm not a good speculator because I couldn't give a shit what he, what, what anyone guesses. I only care what the person intended. And if they don't tell you directly, then I'm not going to sit here and kind of get my rocks off on guessing. Or speculating to fill it in. Now, if I'm just filling in a story where the parts are missing, you know, and to myself, then that's cool. But I'm not going to have somebody else tell me that a story means something and then go, oh, you're right. Because I don't know. I never think, oh, you're right. I always think that's an interesting way of looking at it. But I think something else. In terms of Twin Peaks, I think everybody will think something different, at least slightly because there isn't like a blank, there isn't a, oh, it's definitely happened at all, is it? In fact, some characters are just left up in the air, aren't they? You don't, you'll never know what happened. True. Like Audrey, for instance. You can say what you think is happening. Until you see what's happening. But you don't know. Nope. No. So you might always have that question. I don't know what happened to that character, but actually, like I said, Twin Peaks it's about the journey and the experience of being in the world of it. It's just a really interesting... You don't feel like... You, if you really watch it, it's like this world's gone and you're just in Twin Peaks. It takes you there. So, watch Twin Peaks. In fact, we're we're like nearly through season one again. We started watching it this week. Just watch all of Twin Peaks. I, I'm enjoying it a lot because I feel like I'm... It kind of stretches your brain a little, and then other times it's just kind of dumb-ish. I don't know if that's the intention, but I like I like the. It's got everything on it. It can be really like like uh, Abbott and Costello, and then it can be really deep. Like Correct. Both things are like, and in the same scene, it can be that those Correct. two things. So yeah, it's really it's really interesting. So yeah, I recommend it. Twin Peaks. In fact, because we watched the this new season. Then we've not se- not seen the original season for a while. I've not seen it for twenty years, probably. Actually, watching it straight after it is like fantastic because, like, you're like, "Oh, there's that person. There's that person." You kind of start remembering all the stuff that's happened. So, watch it. What's Fenguli and what Sven-Gooley did we watch? Fenguli is a horror host who comes out every Saturday night with his funny outfits and his funny, uh, funny-ish jokes. And he shows us a movie within a two-hour time slot that is could be a classic or universal. So we have seen Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy, and Dracula, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon, and the Invisible Man, all through Svengoolie. True. And he brings us other movies. Um, we're not watching him tonight, because tonight is Sunday. And he was on last night. He was on last night. And last night was his time change, which flipped your brain around, because it was on from 9 to 11, and now it's on from 7 to 9. And you're like, it feels like it's really late. <laughs> <laughs> like you're so regimented by Svengoolie's time slot. But it's a fun show, you know? It's a way it's to on get me TV. some old flicky. Now, last night, not great. Come on. Last night was like... <laughs> That kind of old movie that you're like, Ugh. it was re- it was bad but entertaining at the same time. Yeah, it was. Um, what was it called? It was. It was Perseus, <laughs> the Invis- Invincible. Now, yeah. what they did, they took all these Italian sword gladiator movies. Yeah, sand, sand and sword and sandal movies. Sword and sandal movies, which are like gladi- gladiators and like you know that time frame. 
And they, to import them to America, did a voiceover in the beginning of a bunch of them that tried to tie that movie's story into the story of Hercules, as if all of these were either stories of Hercules or children of Hercules or whatever, <laughs> which they had nothing to do with Hercules whatsoever. No. So it's really funny. I mean, not in the way that they're trying to do it. And so you're a little confused by that, because as the movie goes on, and it's just, it looked really bad. <laughs> like, it was bad. So bad. So bad. It was it's, so bad, it was good, though, in a way. It was entertaining. Absolutely. Because there was like a cool fight where they had really small shields. Like it was like the prop department could only make really small shields. Didn't have big ones. And there was like a really shitty monster that comes out of a lake. Oh god, he's on the cover and he's so bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, yeah, you know, with Spenguli, which is on MeTV on a Saturday yeah. night, you have to take the rough with the smooth because sometimes he has some really good classic horror movies. And then some other times he has this. He even kind of... admits, though, that they're not good. Yeah, so. exactly. So uh, that's Fanguli. It's on seven till nine. Me TV only if you're in America, because I don't believe it's aired anywhere else. So tough to you people. <laughs> Too bad. What's uh, for dinner tonight? For dinner will be veggie burgers, riced cauliflower with vegetables, which I'm quite loving right now, and some salad. Nice. And uh, what is your advice before we leave? My advice is. And this, you know, I'm pretty harsh, so whatever. This advice ties into this. Like, don't be the person who lets other people dictate your emotions. Now, that sounds easy on the surface, but oh my goodness, so many people will say, well, you upset me. Well, no, I, I can't upset you. I can't do it. I can say some shit. I can do some shit in life or somebody else can, but we're not upsetting you. Now, if we're in the middle of a heated discussion or a fight or an argument that's directed at each other and we start throwing specific insults or specific jabs at one another that are intended to bring up negative emotions, that's a different thing. But in life, to go to work and say that someone's just depressing you because of how they talk to you or whatever... That's not accurate. Like, you're in control of your emotions, how you react, how you think about what they've said. You know, I'm a very blunt person. And so people take, including my husband over there, who is on this podcast with me, have a little bit, I don't know, squishy way about thinking about emotions. (laughs) I'll say that the nicest way I can. So that if I say something that's like, blah, 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 blah like neutral and it's just a comment all of a sudden it becomes negative or bitchy or snotty and it's like oh well fuck off i don't i actually don't care if it really upsets a person when that's not my intention again it does depend on the circumstance and i'm not just randomly throwing horrible things out into the world but if your way of looking at the world is that everybody has to tiptoe around you and be really, really nice to you all the fucking time, then I don't have advice for you because I'm not that person. But just don't be the person that lets everybody else decide how you feel. Because first of all, it makes you sound weak. Second of all, it makes you sound like a doormat. And third of all, who are you? Who are you? If you aren't in control of your own emotions, are you just a puppet on a string? Right? Are you somebody else's graffiti that they're painting into the world so that everything they want you to be, you are? I mean, it makes no sense unless you're just lazy or afraid to, like, have your own emotions. I don't know. I'm very hard about this subject, but that's it. That's it. All right. Thank you. Uh, Sure. Well said, succinct, and to the point. (laughs) Squishy. I want to remind you about our website, sayschooly.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Store, or the RSS feed. Go to aschoolie.com and click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. Because that uh, new uh, Amazon Echo that we got this week, uh, you can listen to podcasts on it. But the podcasts go through... um, A skill. Tune in. That website called TuneIn. TuneIn with a T, not a C-H-U-N-E. Yeah, which is the one that um, has all the radio stations. So I have asked them this week to put our podcast on there. So you might see it turn up on there soon. So then you'll be able to say, 
Beautiful. You know, uh, you'll be able to say the A word. <laughs> yeah, we have to learn. And then after that. the show. What's funny is one of my best friends from high school, who's still my friend, it's been 31 years. Um, I said to her, we got an echo and we have to say Alexa every time we wanted to talk to it. And she said, well, that's stupid. And that happens to be her oldest daughter's name. And I said, what do you mean that's stupid? She goes, oh, no, no, I love the name. But in our house, that would be, I wouldn't, it wouldn't work because every time I'd say her name. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't have to say that name. You can change it to some other names. Yeah. And she would have to probably change it to echo instead. True. But we found that that word. Is we, you're not going to use that word accidentally. True. Even though I have a couple of times, and she said, hello, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so, finally, stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise, because you are classy, and you do do all your own stunts, and you just hurt yourself recently, so get better soon. That is admirable. Not hurting yourself, but doing your own stunts. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone is definitely doing it for you.